This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. ChatGPT has taken the world by storm. This artificial intelligent chatbot is a dominant example of the influence that artificial intelligence will have on the future. And it's controversial. To help explain the pros and cons of ChatGPT, I'm delighted to have Benjamin Rosman, professor in the School of Computer Science and Applied Maths at Wits University, where he runs the Robotics, Autonomous Intelligence and Learning Laboratory, as well as Ariella Rosenberg, the CEO of AutoSA, which trains and empowers South Africans in business development, teacher training skills, and work readiness programs. Um, Professor Rosman and Ariella, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thank you. Um, Professor, has ChatGPT changed the world as we know it? I would say yes. And maybe the biggest thing is just the way that it's gripped the public uh, imagination. The the technology here has been, um, you know, you see online a lot of people saying it's very incremental, and that's true. Um, I feel like the ability to engage with the system the way that you can now has um, has made a big difference. And really, I think, is really lighting fires in how people think about the future of technology and how it can play a role in their lives and their jobs and so on. You've mentioned that it has changed the world. The question is, has it changed the world for better or for worse? Well, that's always a great question of any technology. And one of those with great power comes great responsibility. Um, I think this is open for debate, as it is with a lot of artificial intelligence. Um, There's so much power, and it's really growing every day. And the question is how people use it and what its limitations are. So, for example, artificial intelligence has always suffered from problems around bias. And this is becoming more, um, I, I think people are more aware about this these days because through documentaries on Netflix and so on, that depending on the, the kinds of data that a system like this is trained on, um, you know, if it's been built and trained on white males from Silicon Valley, it's probably not going to work very well on other people. The whole idea of machine learning really is to generalize. We want to build a system with some data and be able to use it to solve problems in other areas. And if the data that you've used to build it has some strong bias, maybe you're not even aware of that. But if it has a strong bias, um, that's going to carry through in all the decisions it makes and any text it might generate thereafter. You know, I remember having a conversation with Professor uh, Chitsimawala on artificial intelligence, and he was saying that um, people are not rational, but machines are. (laughs) And when you talk about bias, it's not the machine that's biased. It's the bias of the person programming or inputting the machine or its expectations. Can machines not then actually take away a bias if we are sensitive to what we put in? Unlike people who are convinced they're all brilliant at every possible thing and have a bias, right? right. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I think this is a very open question, and there's a lot of research being done into this area. Um, You know, one thing for sure is that it helps us draw attention to and become aware of the fact that we have biases. And that's certainly a big step in the right direction. And And I think there's a whole future there in 
figuring out how that can make us better people. But, um, yeah, certainly, as I said, there is a lot of research being done into this, you know, and it shows up in different ways. For example, if you're trying to build a system that can detect a certain disease, um, and let's say it's not very common and only 1% of people have it, then it's very easy for a system to just learn to say, in 100% of cases, no one has this condition, and then it will be 99% accurate, right? right? But that's not what we wanted to do. We yeah. actually wanted to learn the important thing, which is this this disease detection. And so because of things like this, people have to be quite creative and put a lot of effort into figuring out ways to almost unbiased data sets. And this is even more important when we're looking at questions of of race and gender and so on and, and the way that they show up in the predictions our systems make. So we, we've spoken quite seriously, but there's a lot of fun to be had with ChatGBT. Um, I was at a social function, and somebody was telling me that it was his wife's birthday. He put in some keywords, and ChatGPT wrote this most amazing poem that really captured everything he <laughs> felt and wanted. Um, maybe, Ariella, you can comment about ChatGPT as a learning tool for the positive. Yes, I mean, uh, I think when ChatGPT was introduced in November last year, it was banned from schools in America. Yeah. And they realized that it's actually quite silly to do that because and I, I saw a um, comment on Twitter and it, they were saying, you know, we're banning ChatGPT from schools but punishing people at work for not using ChatGPT because it makes you productive. And they actually had to unban it because they realized they can't actually, you know, they have to, they can't fight the technology. They have to go with the technology. And this is where I think it's really important to look at the education and how the education can use it as a tool rather than as a, as a, you know, as an enemy to the, to the teaching profession. And it does, it provides a lot of questions from lower education to higher education on how to deal with it when, a student can actually post a question onto ChatGPT and they even get a mathematical formula answer on it. Or if they get an essay answered by ChatGPT. So there's a lot of um, rethinking on pedagogics and way we teach and assess uh, knowing that ChatGPT, and this is, I think, where it's going to transform, where is the potential to transform education. Do you want to comment on that? Yeah, I think that there's a lot um, in there to unpack. And um, there's certainly positive and negatives. And as you said, there was initially a lot of panic. And I think there is, particularly in the education space, if students get a, a take-home essay that they have to write and they can just type it into ChatGPT and it churns out an answer for them, um, you know, they, they can submit that and get all their, their marks. Um, and then one of the responses to this from the community was to try and develop tools that can detect if something was generated by, uh, ChatGPT. And then everyone said, oh, we have, we have a solution here. We've got the silver bullet. I personally think that's complete wrong direction to be going in. I think there's certainly, the, the way those kinds of tools work is to look at the kinds of words it uses and the frequency with which it uses them. But, you know, I, I think it's it's very dangerous to do that. If someone happens to write in that style and it flags them as being chat GPT generated, there's no way they can prove that it wasn't. <clears throat> On the other hand, there's nothing to stop this technology in an iteration three weeks from now in being in writing using a register of 
of a normal person. In fact, I think you can already make it do that. Sure. So on the other hand, you know, where, where are the, the benefits? I, th- I think also anyone who's jumping to conclusions that they should just ban it is probably not aware that for a while there have been a ton of websites where you can just upload essay questions and have someone write an answer for you. Or you have WhatsApp, you can message your friends and ask them for help. And so I think that that's kind of missing the, the big picture. On the other hand, it's a hugely powerful tool. And I, I think it's – I view it as a very useful tool for writing. I don't think anyone should trust it for facts. I think that's the incorrect way to use it. But it can certainly improve the quality of writing. I think it can – teach you a lot about how to improve the quality of writing um and i think actually it also levels the playing field in a way for people that might not be as good at english as others because this gives them a way to communicate whereas maybe before their their language would have always had weaknesses which might have impacted negatively on their performance yeah I mean, do you want to comment on that? Oh, yes. I mean, uh, having myself second language English, um, and I just do a lot of proofreading using ChatGPT, yeah. and he's really better than me in writing. Um, so most definitely, it's a great tool for me from productivity point of view and performance. You know, what amazes me is that people still try and ban technology because it's it's, it's impossible. It's like stopping in front of a wave and saying, no, no, I'm going to stop the ocean. <laughs> from a, it doesn't, you can't. You can't go back. There's never any way going backwards. Um, I experimented with ChatGPT with a essay question, um, and I have to say it was excellent. Mm-hmm. It really was. Um, it was better than what I could have written. Um, it just lacked uh, maybe a personal example here and there that would have made it stronger. So I think the point is then our education system is not is it's not the artificial intelligence and the development that we're taking that's problematic. It might just be our education system which is still set up maybe as some kind of dare I say colonial relic from the past. Is is that a fair comment? I think, you know, I, I've got quite strong feelings that we could use this for good, so to speak. You know, we're living in a society now that, and it's pretty obvious, it's more fragmented than it has been in living memory, or at least vocally so. And this is only getting worse through the way social media works and the algorithms behind that and so on. And if we've now got these technologies, you know, ChatGPT is just about text. There's other similar technologies can generate images. There's work on music and videos and mm-hmm. so on. And this is only going to become more complicated to discern the truth in content that you see shared on your WhatsApp groups or posted on social networks. And I think the only solution, the only real viable solution in the long term is for people to think more critically. And I've been experimenting with ideas around using ChatGPT to, uh, towards this, towards improving students' critical thinking. You, you could ask them, for example, you could get ChatGPT to generate essays and ask it to embed certain errors in it and ask the students to find it. Or you could get students to try and generate different sides of an argument with ChatGPT and then have other students figure out which is the correct answer and they have to do the research to to find out about this. And I think we can start being quite creative in the ways we use this technology to kind of sharpen our critical thinking skills as mm. a society. That's exactly it. It's critical thinking. 
you are nodding in agreement. Sorry. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. And this is one of the things we want, we would like, we're going to be running from outside a workshop for teachers because I think there's lots of op opportunities such as the examples that you've presented um, about how to, because we keep on saying, you know, we need to sharpen critical thinking, but how do we do it? And I think actually ChatGPT is a great tool for us to utilize for that. You know what it is, though? It's harder to teach critical thinking in that way and to prepare than it is the traditional way we've been doing things. And it requires a lot more, actually, from educators. That's true. I think um, what, what, what's interesting here is that we've been saying for a long time, even as educators, that we need to, to do this. But we never have because it's never really affected us directly. But suddenly, if we're confronted with this in the classroom, then we actually have to think about it. And I think this maybe is a tipping point towards teachers having to or forcing teachers to think about this in their in their own lives and classrooms. And you, both of you, think that this is, in a way, a way of bridging the gap between um, those with and those without. Yes, I think both in education but in other industries as well. I mean, we spoke, because it's a language tool uh, or a, as you said, also for image and for um, uh, music. It can really provide a tool to any industry or any professional um, in their business. And this is where, from our side, we're going to be exploring it. We're going to explore how this ChatGPT is going to change the jobs of the future, how it's going to improve on our work environment. And we have actually, every month, we have... a talk at Oort. Next week I'll be talking about ChatGPT, really about giving the introduction, the basics, the opportunities that lies within it and uh, in various industries. And in April we'll have ChatGPT with Mike said, looking at the mm. marketing and social media. And in, on the 3rd of May we'll have ChatGPT with Professor Benjamin Rosman. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're having access to somebody like uh, Professor Benjamin who's like at the cutting edge of technologies is quite amazing for us and we're looking forward to this talk and to further engagement with you. So thank you. So the future is here. Are we expecting more developments in terms of, uh, I don't know, technology development? Absolutely. I mean, these are... It's a very early days for this kind of technology, and it's going to be improving on a weekly basis. There's hundreds of papers being published a day, and I think we've only just seen the beginning of it now. Wow, that's incredible. Well, to both of you, thank you so much for coming in. Um, well done to Ort for providing all the uh, chance to learn more and explore more. It's really great initiative, so well done. And Prof. Rosman, thank you so much for, com for coming in and sharing and talking. And certainly I hope this is just the beginning of our uh, relationship on, on air here. I hope so. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was Professor uh, Benjamin Rosman. Uh, he is a professor in the School of Computer Science and Applied Mathematics, and of course our very dear Ariella Rosenberg, who is the CEO of AutoSafe.